0: Y'all, every time you drive through a community, you see different landmarks. Like, I'm, I'm really good with directions, not because I know east and west. If you tell me, like, hey, Pastor, uh, uh, that this building is on the southwest corner of, I don't know what you're talking about. East, northwest what? I don't know what you're talking about. But if you say, hey, next to the McDonald's, on the, I know exactly where you're at because I got the landmarks down. Landmarks are constantly in my mind. I look and I know where they are, and landmarks allow us to tell a story. If I was to, to, to ask you to take me through your old neighborhood, wherever that neighborhood is, you might set up a plan and be like, okay, I'm going to go to this place first, I'm going to go to this place next, and I'm going to go to this place But in between going from place A and B, you might see a tree and be like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I got to stop here. I remember one of those landmarks in my neighborhood. I got millions of them. One of them was a tree where I learned how to do backflipping. We would hang on the tree, hang upside down, swing, 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 and then let go and flip over. And then I got the kind of gumption to go ahead and hit the backflip. I could also tell you that about 12 steps from that tree was this girl named Janisha's apartment, and that's where a brother got my first kiss. But don't you be telling everybody my stuff now. And for my kids, if y'all watching, I was 38. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But 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 landmarks help us to be able to tell a story. Two weeks ago, y'all, my wife and I had one of the best trips we've ever been able to experience. There was an organization that blessed us with a trip to Israel. And Israel is the, the birthplace of our faith. It is the place where Jesus' life was cultivated. It was matured. It was developed. Israel is, is it's the birthplace of our faith. So if you would join me for a little bit we're going to go through some landmarks of Israel that help us understand our faith. Uh, you might see a lot of Rebecca and I in the pictures because we had fun, but please, we're not super arrogant to make a sermon about ourselves. I'm trying to tell you about Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 And so um, the first place that we had a chance to go and visit was Bethlehem. And there is a beautiful scripture that helps us get ready for the coming of our, of our Lord and Savior. Now, there's some, some pics that are just going to pop up randomly. Um, there's some pics of, of, of this beautiful place. Um, and there's a scripture, though, that I want you to be able to understand. It says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. We get this beautiful, like, like preparation of one that is to come. And, and this one actually was, was family lineage, was Nazareth, but had to go for a census to Bethlehem. And then Bethlehem is where he's born and and I always had the image of just a a little a little manger, like he went to the hotel, the hotel said, "Sorry, man, we ain't taking your voucher and then they went had to go find a manger. like I always had this weird idea, but when we were there, we were listening and talking to people, and they said that that families did life together. There was not this concept of a motel in a holiday in. families did life together, and so Families would come in town, and each family would have a house. And your house would sit above a cave, ideally, and in the cave is where your animals would be. Because there was no, like, hotels, but you still wanted to greet people. You still wanted to be hospitable. You still wanted to welcome people in. And so when Jesus needs a place, well, when Jesus is going to be born, the family says, well, we don't have room in the house that we have for our family, but this is a space we do have. And so him being born in Bethlehem is a beautiful thing, but it's, but it connects us not simply to, to an environment that's different than what we expect. It also connects us to his lineage of David. So do we see that there's a Messiah connection. There's a Family connection, there's a strong bond that's there already preparing the way to celebrate the Messiah. And I'm blessed to see sometimes we have things like that take place in our body. This past week, we had our, uh, our church picnic. And I know that uh, maybe it's the baked beans. Maybe it's the barbecue chicken. The peach cobbler, which y'all ate before I got some, but I ain't mad. I ain't holding it against you. It's a lot of reasons, but but, but one of the main reasons that I really enjoy our picnic is that you get to see our family doing life together. Y'all, we kick it. We have a good time, and we laugh. We also share some stuff that might be going on in our lives that's a bit tough. Like, like at the picnic, we get a chance to do life together, and, and it reminds us of a family that's just so welcoming, and that is the environment Joseph and Mary head into when they don't have room in their family's house, this beautiful place of, 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 of family welcoming. But, but Bethlehem is in some some tough times. Caesar's running things. Uh, Rome is running things. And, uh, and, and the environment in which they are living is not one of great wealth. Actually, it's an, em- it's an environment of, of poverty, so much so that when Jesus is born, Mary and Joseph present two doves, the, 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 the equivalent of the poor person's gift unto God. But we got to see poverty in another sense that made us say, man, it's beautiful to see where Jesus was born, the environment. But it also helps us understand this concept of a prince of peace. Because Bethlehem, the city where Jesus was born, has anything but peace going on at this time. Bethlehem is in a town called or surrounding territory of of Palestine. And unfortunately, uh, there has been conflict upon conflict between Palestinians and Israelis uh, for a long time. But it has surfaced in greater ways in the last forty to fifty years. So much so that if you're in Bethlehem, uh, you 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 find a diversity of thought. Like, if you ask black people in America that experienced pain and injustice, what is it going to take for us to get ahead? What can we do? You hear two camps. You hear the camp of get the oppression off our necks. You also hear the camp of we got to do better as a people. And there in Palestine, we met with Palestinian leaders and it was ironic. They said the same two things. There is Israeli pressure that is on our necks. We were looking at at when you go there, like you have a hot water tank in your house. Well, water tanks sit above homes there. When when, uh, Israeli soldiers get bored, at times they'll just shoot holes in the water tanks and all your water just comes out. One of the uh, gentleman that was a a a reconciler trying to be to see health take place in the community he uh has camps for kids like our sister Marilyn who's investing in our youth this summer and they have a a uh do you have that herb that that picture of the the um tear gas canisters he said These were all collected on our property where our children play. Buckets of tear gas, canisters that have been used and the community is constantly feeling oppression. But now that they've existed long enough, they also have infighting that's happening. He's saying, hey, we got to do something internally, but we also got to get this pressure up off of us. And the guy I was talking to we sat there. We said, well, what gives you hope? You are in the midst of, an, of, of experiencing this great oppression. What gives you hope? He said, man, I believe in Jesus. I read the Bible. Like, where else will my hope come from? I can't wait on man to give me hope. I can't wait until I grasp it. I've got to believe it even though it's unseen. I've got to trust in God. I was with a group of pastors, and you would have thought that that would have been my first assumption. Sadly, it wasn't. But I pray that that is what, that's a reminder for us all that like when times are tough, when when it seems like the obstacles are too big, when the injustice is too real, what gives you hope? Our God, our Lord, our Savior of the Bible continue we going to Mount Arbel. Now Mount Arbel is a place that um that that I wasn't prepared for because we started off in this little town, we go see a few things and he's like, "Cool, next we going to Mount Arbel." Now, y'all, I don't I don't y'all hike. I don't hike up mountains. So I'm thinking we just about to go up, you know what I'm saying, like speed bump Arbel. He's like, no, nah, this is Mount Arbel. So we go all the way up, and, uh, and, and two things struck me. The first is from that platform, and, and Herb, if you can put the picture up that shows us kind of like some rocks at the bottom, then you can see a city in the background with a little bit of uh, water to the right. This is Galilee. So Bethlehem was where he was born, but he was from Nazareth, so he goes back to Nazareth, which is a town within Galilee. And, and I could look from this Mount Arbol and see, you can look from this t- Mount Arbol and see 80% of where Jesus spent his life. That's not how I read the Bible until I went there. I read the Bible. I'm like, okay, Jesus is all the way over here in Iowa. Then he's in Texas. Then he in Cali. He must have went down to South America. You know, like, like I'm seeing boop right here, right right there. And, and, it, and it helped me helped me, in a many ways, y'all, be encouraged by our posture of being totally focused on the 48214, not with walls and we so rigid, but saying y'all. There is a community here, there's a proximity here, and there's something beautiful about walking the same streets and seeing people again and again and again where maybe today they listen, maybe today they listen, maybe today they listen, and by the 90th time of listening, maybe that's the day they act. Can't you imagine this stirring that's going on? You think the first time somebody heard about Jesus, they was like, all right, let me get my life. Folks was like, wait, 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 Riri. He healed Joe' ear? For real? Okay, wait, let me see what he did to your cousin. He did that to your cousin too? You know, it took some time. Some people had to wait and see what Jesus did, but as he kept coming through, coming through, coming through, having an impact that was long lasting, that was faithful, that was steadfast. Word kept getting out. And family, I encourage you for us to to be about the same posture, this zip code, but your life rhythm. Let your life rhythm be one where you touch people in your sphere of influence. I don't know what type of job you have, but I doubt you go to a new place every day. I doubt you got a new assignment every day. So what does it look like for you to have an impact in the proximity that you're in? Maybe Samuel does, he, go, he, actually, he drives a truck for a living. Okay, you got me. But besides him, <laughs> proximity is beautiful. But then it helped me understand the, the Sea of Galilee more. And next we're going to go to Sea of Galilee. But while we was on Mount Arbal, our, our tour guide is talking to us. He's breaking down the gospel, letting us know the different things. And, y'all, this wind is coming like it's coming like crazy, so much so that he starts walking over here and three people got up to grab him. Because the wind was blowing so much that it would have, like, I was worried it was going to take him off the mountain. It was that crazy. I tried to record it, and I was going to play it for y'all, but it sounds like... I mean, that's the whole thing. It just sounds like that the whole time. It's blowing like crazy. And so that wind, they said, it, it, you can almost time when it blows. And they believe that Jesus... Calmed the wind at the time when it was at its heightened, coming down from the mountain down the valley, carrying pick up picking up speed, coming across the land that 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 this God, this Jesus, when it comes time to to calm this storm and and that was on the sea of galilee that 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 it would have rocked their minds that there's a force strong enough to stop a wind that might pick up a human, a wind that might cause a storm, a wind that could cause chaos on the sea. Like, 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 I was talking to Kyle about this, like we don't, we don't get weather, like weather for us as, as Americans, especially Americans with a little money, weather is a slight inconvenience. You text somebody, it's raining hard. I'm going to be five minutes late. I'm going to put on my rain jacket. I got wipers on the car. Like you got all this stuff. Y'all, I've had a few instances that were not uh, man-made when I was scared. One of the biggest ones was when I was in a kayak trying to get out on the ocean in Boston. Yeah, I was stupid. I'm on this little kayak, and I ain't saying y'all stupid. I was stupid because I went out during a time where all the boats are coming in and out of the harbor. Boats make giant waves. The waves were so big that I spent more time in the water than I did in the kayak. (laughs) But I was scared. Because one of these big tankers came through and the size of the wave that it created and my little kayak and this little life jacket, this little halter top ain't getting it. I need Gilligan, you gonna give me a boat or something. Like, like y'all. And imagine though. Imagine if you if your livelihood is fishing. And you step out on this boat and you you go out. You don't see weather as an inconvenience. You see weather as chaos. You see weather as destructive. Some people went out and didn't come back because of these storms. And you mean to tell me when stuff gets crazy, this God can just calm it? See, if he can handle that... What storm are we going through that we don't trust him with? What storm are we, God bless you, or, or, is in our lives that we want to give other things dominion over? This is that same God who can calm the real physical storm. He can also calm the emotional storm that is wreaking havoc in our lives. Sea of Galilee, Mark 4 Said that they were terrified. They asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. But that connects back to who we were expecting to come. Said his name, he will be called Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God, Isaiah 9 said. One who can calm the sea. Next, we had a chance to, uh, and y'all, if I'll be honest, I tried to do justice. I got about 2,000, maybe 2,500 pictures. And I tried to give y'all like 19. So we're going to see how this goes. No, I Jenny say, Pastor, you can't lie from the pulpit. Okay, I gave Jenny probably 40 and told her to cut back what we could. Uh, our sister Mary Magdala. Mary, uh, Luke 8 tells us that Uh, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons came out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. It was at this place they had a uh, this beautiful and and what what we found is each time you go to a, a, a site that is potentially where something beautiful happened a landmark they build a church on it or they build a basilica or they build a, a big space where you can come worship pray read and so we go into this this place um, and and by the way the organization that um, that. Paid for it is also the organization that introduced me to Pastor Chris. Like pa- I was supposed to go with Pastor Chris to Israel last year, but we was moving, blessed to have Pastor Kay coming. It just wasn't a good time for our ministry, but Pastor Chris was able to go with my group last year, and I was able to go with Rebecca this year. Um, yeah, the, Lord, the Lord's been good to us in so many ways. Um, but, but, but in this building, they had these beautiful marble pillars And they had the names of biblical women uh, that were a blessing and worshiped the Lord. And it's like Mary, Salome. um, And they had 11 names, but the 12th they left empty because the 12th represents so many other women who went nameless, but were gospel advancers. And so it was a, a, a beautiful time uh, for us to see the impact of women on the gospel and 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 have a chance to to, to see, uh, to be reminded of God's healing grace, but also uh, how he spurs women on uh, to be advocates for his kingdom purposes. We next went to uh, the sermon the, the 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 Sermon on the Mount, uh y'all, you, you won't realize it. You like that look like another an, another mountain pastor. Yep, all the mountains look look kind of the same. You know what I'm saying? You've been to one mountain, you've been, but but the beauty of this was that that it it, it just reminded us of of God's like desire to care for people. You know, the Sermon on the Mount is one where my thought is like everybody comes together and then God preaches. Jesus preaches but but how would you feel if I said uh, there's going to be a, a, a sermon that takes place at Hart Plaza and you have to walk there? Like the way I felt Hearing about this this message from Jesus after having walked a long way in the heat and I didn't have no kids, no bathroom, like like it was by the time we got there, we did not feel in the mood to be like, yay, let's worship. We didn't feel blessed. And Jesus preaches this message about blessing to people who don't feel blessed. But isn't that our reality? How many times do you come in here because you want to be faithful, but you don't come in here, thus saith the Lord, saith the Lord, save, Like You come in here like... <laughs> But by the time we get to the second song, the Lord gets in you and you get going. Like, like, like it, we don't always come ready and, and, and feeling the, the, the blessing of God. But Jesus speaks into that. That's one of the beautiful reasons why his word is so powerful, because he meets us where we are and he wants to give new life to us. So much so that, that people were encouraged spiritually by the beauty of, of the Beatitudes says now the crowds he saw the crowds he went up to a mountainside he sat down and then he began to teach them he says blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth there's a spiritual blessing that he invests in the people but guess what that's a lot of people and they hungry so right after we discuss the spiritual blessing a physical blessing happens. And I get reminded of our God who cares about our mental well-being, our emotional well-being, and our physical well-being. It was uh interesting to see the the, the mountain kind of range where we were, where they believe that Jesus fed the 5,000 and, and, and preached a sermon on the mount and the mountain kind of looks like a, an amphitheater so it's one of the only uh, places that they think that that happened. Grateful though that he cares for our spiritual and our physical well-being. So you know your boy had a little fun while I was there too though. They just singing y'all, they cool cutie pies. Uh, I had to get on a camel while I was there, y'all. You know, had to do, had to do the thing. You know, and oftentimes you get to hang on a camel. You know, we did. We had a little fun while we was there too. Got to, got to, uh, got to float in the Dead Sea. You know, it's like 30% salt. The average ocean is like 3% salt. So I'm floating in like this much water, y'all. Just like, yeah, it was crazy. But, but but both of those things just like like helped me understand culture. like even the story of the 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 woman that Jesus meets at the well, Jesus says a a short sentence that flips it all. He says uh, that I, that he met her at the well around noon. So culturally, noon meant something for women. You see, in the morning, early, women would go out to the well, get water, come back. During the day, men would work, and while they're working, only men would go to the well during the day. If a woman's going to the well uh, at noon, it means she's trying to uh, uh, <laughs> trying to try to watch for sensitive ears. There's a purpose and a, a uh, activity that she would like to participate in with a brother. And so now it, it, it culturally, when little nuggets like that are dropped, it's like, oh, and Jesus still talks to her. Jesus knows that the men she tends to talk to are a certain type of man or any man talking to her is going to be perceived as this certain type of man and he strikes up a conversation. I love that. Not not because of, of her past or her history. I love it because Jesus meets her in her mess meets us in the behavior that, is, that, that, that the culture looks down on, the worst thing that you could imagine, whatever that is, Jesus says, I can, I can come into that. I can talk with you there. You, you, you hit her. You smoked that. You stole that. I can meet you there, but I won't let you stay there. I will I will free you from whatever bondage there is so that you can experience new life. So after I got off that camel, we had a chance to go uh to the Wailing Wall and we we tried to send a little video family um the Wailing Wall is this 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 place that is Is beautiful in some senses and is broken in others. It's beautiful because um, over time, unfortunately, different cultures have taken charge of the land. So you've had Christians take charge of the land, you've had uh, Muslims take charge of the land, uh, Arab communities, you have just different communities, kind of Jewish communities take charge of the land. And so now at the Wailing Wall, the Wailing Wall is the, the last wall that they believe was a part of the temple. And the Jews are wailing there, uh, from what we understood, because they're sad that they were not able to keep the entire temple together. They're sad that 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 they're grieving that this is what remains, and they're longing for a return. A lo- excuse me, they're longing for the Messiah to come. But you find Muslims there praying, you find uh, Christians there praying, you find Jews like it is just a it is a a landmark of prayer, and and that was beautiful to see so many people coming together, seeking the Lord together, and me and my friends, and we we were, we were doing life. Rebecca and I, um, but it but it reminds us of of a of a broken understanding of God. You see, God initially. I stand something called the tabernacle. The tabernacle was where his presence dwelt and his presence moved with his people. Where his people went, the tabernacle went. And at some point, God's people said, no, nah, we cool. Can we have a temple? Can we have one place? One place where your presence dwells, where you shall be, and we will come to thee. That flowed from a king and a king that, that God didn't want to give them, but people wanted a king really bad. And before you know it, Solomon's erected a t- we, it. Just, it just was not, it was not the tabernacle. The tabernacle, this thing where God dwells with us, is with us. And so we have to always wrestle with what type of people are we going to be? Are we a Temple people, Macav, do we want everyone to come here because we believe the presence of the God of God is here and here alone. And so if you want to reach God and see God, this building is the only place where you come. I hope not, because I do believe God's here. I believe he's moving. I believe he's working. I believe you come through those doors, you're going to experience him. But that's not the only place he is. We pray that, that we understand the tabernacle theology, one where God is with us where we go, that this church is just the launching pad for God's presence to be in each of you out in community doing life. And so a person interacts with us and says, oh, you're a part of that church. Oh, 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 you, the, you, the, you brought the presence of God in my home. I don't have to wait to get God till I come to the building. I'm gonna get them there, but I can get them on my front porch too. I can get them at Belial too. I can get them at your job too. See, see, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't believe that we are above anyone else, but I do think the theology of our Jewish brothers and sisters of waiting on God's presence there when God's presence is already abounding you take advantage of it. Lastly, family, there's a, a Church of the Holy Sepulcher, and we, I mean, I, I've tried to list like eight, maybe nine places that, uh, but we probably went to 20 different, 20, 25 sites. Um, there's a Church of the Holy Sepulcher, and the sepulcher is just like a, 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 a tomb. Um, and, and when you, when you go into this place, it is, it is considered the place where Jesus was crucified, uh, where he died, where his body was laid to be anointed, uh, and where he rose. Um, it is, it is uh, they say at Christmas is when you get like somewhat of a, of a high traffic because people want to go to the Church of Nativity, which is in Bethlehem. But the Church of the Holy Sepulcher is by far the place where everyone goes. And, um, and we spent time there. And, 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 and one of the things we kept trying to, like, grill our guide on. We're like, look, all right, we've been to this church. We've been to this building. We've been to this place. Is this where it really happened? Is this the place where Jesus' blood dripped on the ground? Is this the place where the thorns stuck him in the head? Is this the place where Simon carried the cross? Like, is, is this it? Is this it? And he's like, we can never know that. We can never know exactly where it was. You can barely know exactly where you were five minutes ago. But this we know for sure. That the tomb was empty. I can't tell you exactly where he stepped. I can't tell you exactly where he put his feet. I can tell you people were there. They testified to it. If it was on the southeast side or the northwest side, it was on this road somewhere. But we can tell you for sure that if you check the tomb for our Savior, he ain't there. He is risen. And that was, was the most satisfying part of the whole trip, y'all. I, my mind wanted to have everything answered and proof and all this. Look, we just going there to worship, walking around some places where Jesus' family was, Jesus' people was. We know this is his neighborhood, so something probably happened. But the two things we know, we know that. That the community did not want to affirm that Jesus had risen from the dead and that today communities still don't want to. People still go to Israel all the time trying to debunk the Bible trying to disprove it, trying to find proof that it's wrong, and then something like the Dead Sea Scrolls or these these items that further confirm that the Bible is real and that what it says is an accurate account, like these things keep happening. Why? Because our Lord and Savior lives. He lives. And if you can never explain all the different places in Israel, you're like, wait, Nazareth and Bethlehem ain't the same place? And where is Galilee? That's okay. All you got to know is that our Savior lives. And because of that, we have new life we get an opportunity to experience all the power, all the the all the all faithfulness, all the love of our God and Savior because he conquered death and he makes us able to conquer sin, us able to reject Satan, us able to live a new and righteous life. Family, Rebecca and I came back encouraged. Uh, we thank you all for being a support to us while we were gone. Speaking of the Mary Magdalene and all the women doing life to see the church flow. Shauna and Jenny uh, held down the church while I was out of town. Pastor K been all away like we've been gone sisters kept the church flowing like hallelujah like like uh, and many other leaders stepped up. Want to officially say thank you uh, for being an encouragement to, to Rebecca and I as we were away. We pray that you get a little bit deeper understanding of the the birthplace of our faith, that it would encourage you to live for the Lord in a greater way because he has risen, he has risen, he has risen. Amen. Let us pray together. Amen. Yes, indeed. Lord, we do thank you. We thank you that uh, we have victory as our worship team was singing. Victory, victory, victory. Now, Lord, let us live for you as we are like others, those who lived during Jesus' day. We get a chance to hear about miracles, hear about you working, and ignore it if we choose to. Or we can stop, listen, receive you, repent, or, or, or own how we've not lived in the way you want us to live, and choose your ways. And then walk in the freedom that you provide. I pray for somebody here today, Lord, that you will free them up to live for you and that their life will be forever changed. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.